Welcome to Jay's Talk here across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Also streaming live on Sportsnet.ca and the Sportsnet app. Show Ali Ben Shulman with you for the next uh, 25 to 30 minutes after Blue Jays 8-3 win over the Phillies in Clearwater, Florida. You can give us a call to weigh in on anything Blue Jays related. It doesn't have to be a spring topic, but if you want to go spring, you can. 416-870-0590-1-888-666-0590. Star 590 on your cell. You can also reach us on the People's Text Line 590-590. Name and location. Uh, ben, you know, every time you're here with me, the Jays seem to just crush their opponents. They you score know that, a right? lot of runs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't keep the two-hour, ten-minute no. games for when I'm here. No. Well, I, I, you know, I would say even if you go back to last season's regular season games when you were doing it with Ben Nicholson Smith, I, <laughs> yeah. I, it, I could just all wins. So I'm uh, thinking maybe you should just do something here with us, regardless. <laughs> just period. I think that's not what what needs to happen now. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I worry about taking that type of credit because I'll let the people down. But I will <laughs> say uh, this is my third game that I've had the pleasure of joining you. They won nine to seven in the first game that I was on, and okay. then sixteen to four Woo. in the third game that I was on. So they've scored thirty three runs in the three games that I've been here to talk about. And, and two of those games, because last Sunday we did it, and, and now here on another Sunday, both against the Phillies. Yep. So maybe uh, maybe either you're the Blue Jays' good luck charm, or you're the Phillies' bad luck Could charm. Could be the Phillies' bad luck charm. You <laughs> never know. You never know. Uh, I figure we could start today by chatting about uh, Yusei Kikuchi because this was something like the, his his spring play was well certainly has been an oft discussed topic because he was not great last season for much of last year and then he got moved to the bullpen of course but today two and two thirds he allowed four hits three walks he had four strikeouts as well because even when Kikuchi struggles he still racks up the K's but the third inning started with strikeouts of Hoskins and Bohm and then an error by Matt Chapman on a Nick Castellanos hit extended that outing and then they got there was a single by Josh Harrison a walk to Jake Cave and then he's lifted right so but by any metric, if you look at the rest of his spring training outings, it is certainly his worst outing of the spring so far. Yeah. There's no argument about that. But to me, the walks stood out more than the hits. And I'm curious where you fall on that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you mentioned the air. There was another infield single. Right. It, I didn't think that they you know, crushed Kikuchi today. It was much more concerning to see some of the walks come through. But even with those infield singles, obviously they still count. You factor it in. He faced 15 guys. Seven of them reach base safely. Like he picked, picked a guy off and, and stuff like that. So he, he was okay. He was, you know, a little bit worse than his zero runs would suggest though. Like he probably with the number of walks and balls he allowed in play, probably deserved maybe a run allowed. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true because you're going to look at, the overall outing in spring training for him so far. And what's you're probably gonna be like, Oh, okay. Well, he hasn't allowed a run so far. And, and, and it's very yeah. easy to make that conclusion. And I wouldn't, I agree with you. I wouldn't go quite as far. I, I still think overall. And again, the walks are, it makes you, makes you raise your eyebrow a little bit. Cause you, you do wonder about it, but so far it does still look like just the things that Kikuchi wanted to work on were certainly delivering pitches a little quicker and I'm sure the, the, the changes at catcher last year didn't help him because obviously Danny Jansen was injured and then he was yes. in and out and yeah. Kirk and still learning to call games at a relatively young age, despite being an all-star and Moreno and who was even younger right and now. He's <laughs> not in the system anymore. So, and then now in spring training, Kirk hasn't really played all that much because of the late arrival to camp. And so there are a lot of factors that go into his relationship with catchers, but I I am genuinely curious what, what your expectations for Kikuchi 
might be as we get closer to the regular season, because we were talking about this in the pregame show, but the idea that like, he's not going to be a sub three RA three ERA pitcher. Probably. Yeah. I mean, technically it, it could happen, but it's not what anyone is thinking is going to happen. Right. Right. I, I, so I, I think like there are, you know, some ceiling predictions you could have where he has some sort of ERA in the high threes, but this isn't a guy who's ever put an ERA below four down for an entire season in the majors. He did for a half season with the Mariners and was an all-star cause he pitched to, to a low threes ERA. But yeah, I mean the, the realistic expectation I think is, is that, you know, you hope it's somewhere in the, in the very low fours and that he gives you, if he can about average five innings and two or three runs allowed. Sure. You take that. I mean, that's your five starter. I, I don't think it's like, I don't think that would be an expectation. That's cr- crazy for another five starter around the league anywhere else. Yeah. You don't want your fives. You would be, you would be happy if your five starter went seven shutout. Oh my gosh. But to expect that, like, <laughs> why is he your five starter? If you're expecting that, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I, I think let's see, I'm pulling up the projections well, do, here. Do you, He's projected think- at a four one eight this year, which I think would, I think most people would take. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly I take would. That, yeah. I, I think if you're not taking <laughs> that, you're probably asking for a little too much. And for the record, that projection, uh, again, it's just machines and algorithms and whatever, but that projection, a lower projected ERA than Jose Barrios on fan graphs. Do you think there's a factor of Kikuchi being like somewhat compared to, and again, he certainly wasn't the fifth starter last year because of a lot of different factors, but maybe someone like Ross Stripling and his play, because like if you, and I, Ross Stripling is not going to be the fifth starter for like the Giants, for no. example, he's going to be higher than that, than that in their rotation. Cause of course they lost Carlos Rodon to the Yankees in free agency. But I, like, I do kind of wonder if maybe people see like the back end of the rotation and have different expectations Certainly based on salary, which I think is fair, yeah. but al- but also based on you compare it to other guys who are kind of towards the back end in recent recent years. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny to think about, but the the least sure things you had in your rotation last year were the possibility of Stripling, who wasn't even originally maybe going to be in it, and then Alec Manoa, and those guys you know quickly ran their way up to the front in right. terms of ERA. And all of a sudden, you know, obviously Kevin Gosman, who even in a down year for him last year, pitches really, really well, still was, you know, arguably one of the best pitchers in the American league and Ryu gets hurt. All of a sudden Kikuchi's kind of on an Island. And I mean, I guess Barrios also had his struggles, but they looked very different in their struggles. Like the specific way that Kikuchi with the walks, whereas it's just something about watching a guy get hit at least feels less frustrating than watching a guy give up walks and Barrios was getting hit as opposed to Kikuchi getting walks. So I think he was very isolated at one point right back there where it was like, these three guys are pitching well. Barrios isn't, but there is a chance every day that he could go out there and strike out 13. Like he did more than once last year. Sure, yeah. So yeah, I, I think there, maybe the expectation will be lower too, because when you sign a guy like Kikuchi last year, Obviously, a lot of people are going to go look for the best case scenario high points. He was an all-star. They're not going to look at his second half in 2021 and think, oh, well, maybe he'll be this for us because that's not how fans think when they sign a new player. They think about how good they might be for their team. Now that, you know, there's been a little bit of both, maybe the expectation and the pressure is off Kikuchi a little bit more. Uh, You know, 16 million of that $36 million deal has already been paid out. So there's less... If that, I don't know at all that that was something affecting him, but other players in the past have said at times money has affected, 
you know, the pressure on them and maybe a little less pressure now that he's in the second year of the deal, a la Francisco Lindor. Um, but yeah, my, my expectation is probably somewhere between four and four and a half ERA. If I have to be honestly, even if even realistic, if, even if four and a half is what happens. Yeah. I'd probably like still well, take that. Honestly. If a guy goes six innings and give up, gives up three runs, he has a four and a half ERA. Right. And it's also a quality start. So, okay, look, so if you're getting six innings and three runs out of Kikuchi, you take that, good. you take that every yeah. single time. Yeah. <laughs> I, you just, I think you want like more than four innings and three or fewer runs. Sure. And that doesn't totally hang your bullpen out to dry. And it doesn't hang your offense out to dry. And, and there's a good chance he can deliver that. He did deliver that in 2021. Right. So, so he's clearly four capable. And half, yeah. Four and a half yeah. ERA in 2021. He could do it. Yeah. Uh, Ian and Midland texts in to say, all, all I'm going to say is Kikuchi has to be the fifth starter for the full season, regardless, only because the bullpen will be able to help. You don't want to go with who knows who will pitch. And then he will probably give you the innings. Yeah. I, w- I would say the only other options would probably be Ryu when healthy yeah. and Mitch White. Right, like I don't think like, Nate Pearson is a bullpen arm. We haven't heard much different, and then I don't see anyone else. No one else from the pen has the capability to all of a sudden stretch out mid year. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's no one who's going to make like a Ross Stripling type jump from the yeah. bullpen to the Mitch White is the closest. He's the guy. Yeah, he's the potential yeah. swingman who could you could see out of the pen and in the rotation. Uh, let's go to the phone lines four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety one triple a triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell. Charles calling in from Jersey. Charles, welcome to Jstock. Hey guys, uh, first of all, thanks so much. You guys rock, uh, Ben. I don't know if you're. I, think you're you're dan are you dan showman's son is that what it is uh yes yes okay well cool listen it's nice to hear you i mean i've been jay's fan since 1980 and uh you know just to have a continuation of uh blue jays legends and i look at your dad as one of them as well so nice to have you on hope hope we got to hear you more often as well uh just two quick points uh one point is uh regarding uh uh you know, you guys are talking about a lot about Kikuchi. I, I look at Kikuchi as obviously had a disappointing se- uh, season last year. But if you were to ask me, and I think a lot of Jays fans, who are you more disappointed or let down with? I would say Jose Barrios, you know, was a huge letdown. I mean, if you imagine we had the vintage Barrios and then we have Bassett along with Gosman, along with Manoa, and who knows, maybe Ryu joins. I mean, we have a star-studded, uh, you know, pitching rotation, but – what have you guys seen so far this spring from Barrios? And is there any inclination on your end that he might become that Barrios again, or is he kind of a now have to adjust to become a different kind of pitcher? Thanks so much for the call. Um, yeah, I mean, totally understand, by the way, the more frustration with Barrios. I mean, he was, you know, a large trade with the top draft pick that the Blue Jays had just had, and he's, you know, getting paid, obviously, a, a healthy amount of money. But uh, it, it's, it's been a good spring for Barrios. I mean, I don't think I've seen anything that immediately shocked me into like Jose Barrios is your sleeper for the Cy Young, but right. also it just feels like if he keeps doing Jose Barrios things, like he's going to break through this, you know, right. like his pitches still move a foot and a half. His command has been fine throughout spring training. He's, he hasn't given up. a. I mean, he's given up home runs last year was a problem. He hasn't given up like a plethora of home runs. I obviously the fences moving in at the Rogers center are not the best thing to have when your pitcher who gave up a lot of home runs is trying to bounce back from that. Yeah. But I, I do think the good thing with Barrios and it's, it's hard to track on a day to day, but 
he had seven years of pretty much the exact same production. And then he had this one season. It's more likely to me just that he, it's not a guarantee, but it's more likely he pitches closer to those seven years of mid three ZRA than to be at a five ERA. Like if he could have been figured out by some sort of tell or something, it would have happened earlier. So who knows? I mean, it was a changing environment, obviously gets traded mid-year the year before, but that's really a sprint to the finish. They're not going to change or overhaul many things. Uh This was his first actual season last year with the blue Jays. And maybe it was just an adjustment to the pressure of being the lead starter on a larger market team than Minnesota by a big share that was contending at a, at a larger quantity than Minnesota was at that point. And a lot of things came together. Now, you know, he's not, I would assume the opening day starter and I would think so too. Maybe a little less pressure in general with the fact that there are three pretty sure things in the rotation alongside him. Yeah. I think the, the ask of him to be at best, at least to start. And and again, his own play would change this probably, but to be asked to be the fourth out of five starters behind Manoa Gosman Bassett is not a huge ask. Like most no. most teams' fourth starters are probably not very good. No, or they're young. Or like, very young. Yeah, yes, that's correct. the only really you're not gonna get prime, you know, making that kind of contract yeah, yeah. in your four spot. And it was a good point on the call. I mean, if Jose Barrios even pitches to a three seven ERA, you could have Manoa and Gosman flirting with the twos. Bassett in the low threes, Barrios in the mid to high threes. And that could be the best rotation in baseball. Like sure. that's, you never know. And then you have to see what's coming out of the five spot too. But that's, they go, they have the potential to go as deep as anyone. If they get, no, I mean, obviously not just Barrios, like Alec Manoa has still pitched one and a half seasons in major league baseball. Yeah. Kevin Gosman is great, but at times in his career has shown this and he has to change his mechanics. So there are a lot of question marks. But at the same time, yeah, I think Barrios, I look at it as someone who will probably get closer to his uh, previous numbers rather than stay on the track that he was last year. Yeah, I, w- I would tend to agree that the, the the track record from Minnesota and even the first year or the first half season, I guess, of his tenure in Toronto right after the deadline is probably more indicative of what he is. I, as always, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, but yeah. I, I am I am looking forward to seeing uh, certainly what Burrios looks like at the World Baseball Classic. And then once the regular season resumes as well on uh, March 30th, I'm sure we'll get some early looks at Burrios, even in that first series, perhaps against the Cardinals or maybe in the second series of the year as well on the road before the team comes back home to Toronto. Uh, let's take a very quick break. Uh, when we come back, get back to the phone lines, back to the text lines. You're listening to Jay's Talk Show and Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network, also streaming on sportsnet.ca and the Sportsnet app. Show Ali Ben Shillman with you for another couple of minutes after a Blue Jays 8-3 win over the Phillies in Dunedin. I want to get back to the text line here, Ben. I see one from Dan in... It is Brantford. I assume that was a typo. I think he, mean, I think he means Brantford. Um, the newest Ontario city Yeah, it's, it's possible it exists, but I'm thinking it is Dan from Brantford. He says, uh, Hi, Sean, Ben. What do you guys think will happen when Ryu comes off the IL? Do you think the Blue Jays will just slide him straight into that fifth spot? I think it's a good question because it probably does... 
hinge to a certain degree on how Kikuchi is doing by that point of the season. Because if Kikuchi is playing poorly and Ryu is ready to come back, they'll probably either go to a six-man rotation or see how the off days line up. And if, if health is not a factor for the five guys, then they either will go to a six-man rotation or move Kikuchi to the bullpen. That's what probably what will happen. Yeah. But I, if he's playing well, then I that's a, a different question. Maybe they do just go to a six-man rotation and they keep Kikuchi in the rotation. But it it does, I think, to a large degree hinge on how Kikuchi is pitching probably around the all-star break. Yeah, I completely agree. I, if he's struggling, it, it would seem like, you know, either options or... Uh, sending him to the bullpen. But if he's pitching well, you still have to put Ryu back in, I think. I think right? you do. Because, yeah. I mean, he he didn't pitch amazingly to start last year, but it was such a small sample size that it doesn't truly matter. And then he's really only one season of average pitching in between him being back-to-back top three Cy Young finishes in 2019 in the NL and then with the Blue Jays in 2020 in the AL. So that potential and the fact that you know, his ceiling is so high, it also pushes his floor up. I mean, his down right. year in 2021, if if he replicated that for the Blue Jays this year, 14 and 10 with a 4370 ERA out of the five spot, that would be great. Like the Blue Jays would certainly take that. So he has to go back in, I think, provided he's healthy. But if Kikuchi's good, that at least gives you the leeway of maybe Ryu doesn't pitch every five days right, or something right. like that. Maybe you can finagle the rotation around either to six men or maybe Ryu makes a start and then you skip a start and he makes another one, something to try and make sure that, you know, at his age and with his injury history, given the fact that he's uh, in under two weeks turning 36 there you go. and uh, so happy early birthday to him and, you know, coming off a major surgery, if Kikuchi or whites or someone else could provide them with a little bit of a leash here so that they didn't have to go to Ryu every fifth day when he came back, that would be helpful, but it does feel like he'll go back in no matter what. I do think so because he has, he has been effective. And then the injuries, I mean, that was a concern when he signed with the blue Jays in the first place, because yeah. even when he was with the Dodgers, it was a little bit of a concern because he had so many, just he had so many miles logged on that arm, right? Sure. So many innings logged. So it's definitely um, great to hear that he is on his way back. But I do think to answer Dan's question, I do think he probably does get some decently uh, as a regular playing time. Let's say uh, I see Brian in Toronto, Texas in as well. I see Barger and Lopez destined for AAA more playing time, barring a deal of Espinal or Biggio. How do you see things? I, I, I think, and you and I've talked about this, about Barger before that again, barring some kind of crazy injury or, or a trade clearing up the log jam in the infield. Barger probably is going to start the season yeah, in, in AAA corner infield and they just have corner yeah. infield worked out. Lopez is, I think is a different story. I still think Otto Lopez is my kind of, I don't know if he's really a sleeper at this point, but is no, it the, I don't think is he's the, one is of the, the lead, favorites. Yeah. The lead character for uh lead candidate for, the, tw- the final spot, let's call it, on the active roster. And today, actually, it kind of leads us, thank you, Brian, uh, nicely <laughs> to the uh, World Baseball Classic. We don't have to break down the, the entire game so far because... Because even another run has been scored since we came back on the air. Exactly. Oh, yeah, and KC Homer. 7-5 <laughs> Canada right now, bottom of the third inning, a guy on first base with no outs. So you're hoping that Canada wins this game, certainly. But in the, at the beginning of the game, I think we saw Otto Lopez uh, load the bases on a shallow single into left field with Freddie Freeman and Tyler O'Neill of all people ahead of him. It's interesting, right? Because early in that game, like, I mean, I think we all know if you just follow baseball, generally speaking, you probably know 
what Freddie Freeman and Tyler O'Neill sure. are about at this point in their for careers. Sure. And Tyler O'Neill is relatively young too, but he's made a, enough of a name for himself that, you yeah. know, he's like a very, very good player. Otto Lopez, probably a little less so for non blue Jays fans, but again, he has played pretty well in spring training leading up to the world baseball classic. And I would say he's played decently well so far, not only today, but just generally speaking. So I, I don't know how much, it factors in the play of the world baseball classic in terms of like whether or not he will be the 26th man on the roster. But yeah. I, I do find that battle interesting. Though. Yeah. I mean, it can't hurt to get the hits too. And, and it is an interesting kind of a Lopez versus Lucas. It feels like at this point at slash Bernard, maybe a little bit sneaking in there. Right. Although that might be self-interest by me mentioning <laughs> that, but uh, it, it's interesting because they kind of are looking for an outfielder, but at the same time, Lopez, you could still argue that the fact that he can play outfield and infield would then give him an advantage over Lucas. And, you know, he's another guy who can play short, playing short for Canada today, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's tough for me to get a read right now, honestly, on, on who's winning for that 26th spot. But I, I do think you can help yourself in a competition like the world baseball classic. I don't know if it, you know, is monumental. Like every single hit in a game like this would equal a hit in a major league game. That's right, obviously right. not true, right. but at the same time, he's being asked to play shortstop and hit fifth for team Canada. And if he, and they succeed, especially I'd imagine defensively, then that's got to help. Right. Because if, you know, having a third shortstop would be nice. They don't have anything behind really Bobachet and Espinal, right? They don't, they don't right. have anyone else on their current roster that they've played consistently at short and there are going to be days where Bobachet and Espinal both start. It would be nice to have another shortstop on the bench if possible. So that could be a spot where Lopez ends up having an advantage. And he has he has experience at a lot of other positions. And we know yes. this team, gosh, they love their positional versatility. Like they love yeah. it. If they I bet if they could have every guy play every every position in the infield or outfield, they probably would do it because oh, yeah. this team loves it. They very much value they value it very it's like me in fantasy baseball drafts. I see guys like honestly like Whit Merrifield the years before where he yeah. was eligible for like eight positions. I used to grab like Michael Kadire <laughs> yes, every year. Yeah, he was a huge yeah. second short third outfield. That was a massive one. That the Blue Jays are like uh, like us in our fantasy baseball a Jace drafts. Jace Peterson, I would imagine, might get snatched up yeah. by some people for the same reason. Yeah. Or Ben Zobra would have been one of the best because he was an everyday player (laughs) playing multiple uh before we go i jay's talk listeners will know i have takes on the jerseys teams wear ben and um (laughs) this game (laughs) ben verlander tweeted out that the uh, canada great britain jersey matchup might be like the worst jersey matchup ever i would love to defend the canada jerseys but um i find it i find it a little difficult to disagree here's what i'll say I think they're both not good jerseys. I think great Britain's Jersey is a whole other, you know, in Moneyball when they're explaining where the A's payroll is, (laughs) right? Right. The worst teams and there's 50 feet of something. And then there's the Oakland A's slash the great Britain jerseys. I mean, that's a gray penny with great Britain and black font on it. Like there is just nothing else to that Jersey than it being a, a gray stock majestic Jersey or whatever supplier they're using. And then great Britain in black. So Canada's, you know, it's not, it's not great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but there was a plan. Like there was an effort put into it. And sometimes, you know, it just doesn't turn out the way that maybe it was going to <laughs> great Britain's like, what was the plan? Yeah, like they thought idea. that would be well received <laughs> or I don't know. I guess so, they just don't care all that much. Yeah. That I just must think be what it is, right? The great, to be fair, the great Britain baseball federation. Like when you say that out loud, 
It's like, well, I, like, I can't imagine that's probably, a well-funded. Yeah, probably not a lot of people working in that organization. No, yeah. no. You know, like, <laughs> not, it's not me mean. I just think no, that, it's, it's that's not just a the priority reality. sport yeah, yeah. for them. Like yeah. the Olympics that you see Great Britain at the Olympics, they have like beautiful jerseys. I think that's not the same. That's not, we're on the same level as the Olympics yeah. for, for Great Britain, a, a storied country. And we don't need to sugarcoat here. Like Trace Thompson, who's from, you know, the United States is like most of these guys aren't even exactly born Brits. Some of them aren't British. A lot of them aren't British citizens. So it makes sense. Oh, we got less than a minute here, Ben. Real quick. Oscars tonight. Favorite baseball movie of all time. Go. Favorite? Oh, you made me do top three. Now I have to pick between those three. I'll say Major League is my favorite of all time. Okay. I'm going to go League of Her Own. I'm gonna That's go a great one. My favorite one. I honorable mentioned Eastbound and Down because it's a TV show. So it doesn't count for Oscars, but it's a great baseball TV well, show. I'll put that on my list. That's Ben Shulman. Enjoy the Oscars tonight, I guess. Thank you're gonna you. Watch you it. too. I know you're a little I more into me, but I'll turn it off. I'm Shohali. Thanks for being alongside us. That does it for Jay's Talk. Appreciate the calls and the texts. Ben and I are back next weekend. Uh, Like I said, I have a date with the Oscars tonight. Enjoyed, everyone. Enjoy more Blue Jays baseball later this week. We'll talk to you later.